I I keep kicking myself because choosing to censor this fuss podcast was the most ah. annoying thing I've ever done because we both swear like fuss sailors. Hello and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Winks Club. I'm Brendan and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. And this week, we're very happy to have a special guest with us. Please introduce yourself as the fairy or witch of whatever magic you possess. I'm Cassidy, Witch of the Phantom Code. Ooh. That's very good. You're evil Tecna. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that evil Tecna is just a cyber goth, but not a good cyber goth. A cyber goth. All the belts just get in the way, so she just took them off. All of the belts are actually Velcro. <laughs> Uh, her computer setup is entirely red and black gamer gear. This tracks. She has a Dvorak keyboard. Her Roomba is just named Roomba, but it's spelled in Cyrillic, if that makes any sense. It's Roomba, but it's uh, U with an umlaut instead of two O's. (laughs) So we're very happy to have you with us this week, Cassidy. Oh, thank you for having me. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 13, Bloom's Dark Secret, which is the... I think it's the worst title we've had in a while. I mean, sure, none of these titles are spectacular, but this one is just kind of lazy. It ain't great! Uh, In Italian, it's a little bit more subtle because it's just called Bloom's Secret, and the four kids' title is Witch Trap. Which is just vague enough to work. The Italian version of the episode aired February 27th, 2004. And the four kids dub aired September 18th of 2004. Oh, actually, before we get into the episode... uh, Do you have any questions for our guest? Or any listener questions we might have? Well, yes, we usually do that after I say when the episode aired anyway. So, Cassidy, my question for you is... Do you have any prior experience with the uh, Winx Club franchise? I saw it on television every now and then, just like existing. But this is the first episode of Winx I have ever seen with my eyes. (laughs) What a good one to come in on. Yeah, this is actually kind of a plot relevant episode. Uh, Though I I have to admit it would have been great to have you on for some pointless filler too, because those are always fun. Oh, Miss Magic would have been a good one. That episode was so good. <laughs> it was so fun. I picked this one thinking it was going to be almost pointless filler. Like, I read the description and some of the stuff that happens, and I was like, okay, this seems like an alright one to just jump in with. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, I think the next filler episode is actually next episode. That's what <laughs> it looks like. Yeah. Which... If we're going to break the illusion. 
<laughs> Real quick. Ah, the delusion illusion. <laughs> you're so cute when you think you're funny. It made me laugh. Um, isn't next episode a no plot episode? Next episode is a stock sitcom plot. Uh, did we get any listener questions? We got a repeat listener question. Crest submitted this question about 20 minutes after we had finished recording. That's right. And for that, I say thank you. And also, we are terribly sorry. So the first two parts of their question is um, housekeeping stuff. Okay. Um, the first one is how to handle potential spoilery things in questions. I would try to avoid getting into stuff that is too spoilery. Uh, especially for the season that we're currently on. Like, like, don't start talking about the end of season one, but I would say stuff for, like... It also depends on, like, what you consider spoilers, because, like, plot spoilers for season six, I don't know what happens in season six. Mm -hmm. But also, at the same time, here on the show, you all have mentioned a character that shows up later. Yeah, we have talked about Aisha and Roxy. Um, I'd say if you think it might be a spoiler, just send it in our DMs. Our DMs on Twitter are currently open. You can also email us. Yeah, that's that's the perfect solution. If you have anything super spoilery you want to talk about, DM us or email us. Or again, if you even think it might be a spoiler. Because I guess we do treat Aisha like an open secret since... She's on the DVDs. (laughs) I think there are season one DVD covers that actually censored their fairy outfits a little bit, but in the process actually made them pretty cute. And by censored, I don't mean anything like particularly outrageous. Here, let me put it in. Uh, They basically just put solid fabric panels on Bloom and Stella's outfits for Bloom, it really works, that actually. Is a, that is a weird amount of flesh showing for these teenagers. And Musa. Well, no, she's al- she's always had that. And Techna couldn't be covered up more. Mm-hmm. There we what go. if that wizard hat was also a motorcycle helmet? <laughs> <laughs> well, she does have a drop-down visor she used in that one episode. <laughs> she has her Sailor Mercury goggles. Uh, and Crest has one more bit of their question. If the Winks were to get an eighth member, what should their element stroke theme be? Okay, so looking at our basic set of powers, we have fire, light, music, plant, technology. Oh no. And we will get water for the sixth one. Oh, and then animal is number seven. Uh, my computer so for froze for eight. like a split second. I did not hear any of the things you said. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so if we look at the the Winks powers as a whole, mild spoilers mm-hmm. here. So we have fire, light, plant, sound, tech. And then s- number six is water and number seven is animals. Mm. 
So if you look at like other Magical Girl teams that go for elements, I'd say it's pretty surprising that nobody has wind powers on this team. Yeah. Flora kind of has some wind spells, just like Tecna kind of has some electricity spells. So she's, so like Tecna is technically the lightning one. (laughs) I had to hesitate because I couldn't think of a better way to say it. She's technically the zappy zappy pew pew one. But I would say that the, uh, that an eighth Winx fairy should have wind powers. Mm. Mm. That's a good answer, but I don't think it's the correct one. I think the correct one is that it should be the fairy of punching. (laughs) I was, (laughs) I was like, what if one of those fights? Ah, yes, the fairy of chi. So what's your power, little girl? The power to kick your ass! Yeah, the fairy of swords and Uh, punching. Just get, like, Darcy in a full Nelson. Does a hurricane run on Stormy? Flying pile driver to Icy? I don't know. I don't wrestle. Oh no, she has the steel chair. (laughs) Give her the chair! That's her Charmix. (laughs) It's just the chair. (laughs) Um, Now, obviously, her Charmix would be a championship belt. Um, Cassidy, Charmix is, like, it's great because it's the power-up for season two, but it's, like, literally just, like, a brooch and a purse. Mm, I see. So they can give the dolls accessories (laughs) to sell them with. (laughs) So hers is just the championship hey. belt. And after a little while, they just start referring to the first transformation as Charmix. Mm. It's a... Yeah. Uh, we'll probably get into that, because I think I want to cover the season one movie specials between season one and season two. Oh, good. It, it draws out a little suspense. People want Aisha and we're going to make them wait for Aisha. <laughs> we keep talking about her. Nope. <laughs> Alright, so uh. we have one vote for Wind, one vote for Punchy. And I actually, I think we have two votes for Punch, don't we? <laughs> I can't think of anything better. Like, if Cass didn't say Punching, I'm just gonna be like, what if she just fights things? <laughs> But then that got me to puns. Mm. The one that's funny. There there actually is a fairy of laughter at Althea. She wears a jester outfit. <laughs> the fairy of jokes. The fairy of pulling one's mm. leg. The fairy of hijinks. <laughs> she just throws people by their legs. Oh no, I got her name wrong. That's not the right one. The fairy of whoopee cushions and snakes in a can. It's very long, but trust me, it's worth it. I have a listener question for you both. All right, well, I pull up this jester. Ooh. In person. What is your question? (laughs) The question I have for you is, what kind of cereal would you make a Winx cereal? I feel like it'd just be like a fruity pebbles fruit, like a fruit flavored one with all the different fairy wings. 
Because I can't imagine mm. it being anything else. I was going to say Lucky Charms. That was the second one that I... See, I just now thought maybe what if it was just like the yellow Captain Crunch pieces, but with also marshmallows. My teeth hurt, but I want it. <laughs> well, I just got four cavities. But no, I like that idea. And maybe um, maybe instead of like yellow, the they're like colored for each of the girls. Lucky like Charmix! Oh my god. Mm, mm-hmm. I see. There's the joke. You found it. <sighs> of course, that makes it a really funky cereal. Like, that's blue, orange, red, pink, and purple. Oh, and that would make I your sh- milk a weird color. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> you know how Lucky Charms just make your milk green? They do, and I never understood why. <laughs> well, let's, Trix tends to make your milk sort of like a weird cream color after everything's said and done. The I primordial think. brown of all so. colors running together. <laughs> Band name called it Primordial Brown. <laughs> My favorite sequel to Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> <laughs> They time travel back to the ancient past and solve dinosaur crimes. Such as this dinosaur stole the other dinosaur's laundry. Who names their kid Encyclopedia? Who names their kid Bloom? Italians. Next question. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a dinosaur crime pun, but literally all I can pull off is Homicidosaurus. It's staring you right in the face. A pterodactyl. Triceracops. There we go. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. That is the next children's hit TV show. It's oh, like no, rescue. I don't want to. I don't want to create police propaganda. Don't put this on me. <laughs> Congratulations, you've made rescue heroes, but they're dinosaurs. <laughs> I can't believe I made Dino Paw Patrol. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> okay, so we got that. We got Crest's question, and I don't think we got anything on the email because that place is usually pretty dry. <laughs> Well, I'm, you said dry, but I'm like, would you prefer like a sopping wet email account? That sounds pretty gross to me. <laughs> you open your P.O. box and Nickelodeon slime just comes out. How dare you? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I brought you here, first class, and this is how you repay me? <laughs> You know, people say the word moist is bad, but I don't think we've talked enough about the word sopping. No. It's not a good one. God, what was it that my witchcraft podcast said that they hate the word clog? See, that one's fine to me. That's just a wooden shoe. All right. So are we ready to get into the episode? (laughs) Boy, am I ever. All right. So, uh... 
I'm alarmed because we don't have a, a, a spanning pan of Althea to start the episode. Again, it's like they've learned new cinematography tricks. Oh, I I should mention before we begin that I mostly paid attention to the four kids one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we begin with a sweeping shot of Cloud Tower. And unless unless you're four kids, in which case you start in the classroom, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they just cut right to the action. So so in the Cineloom dub uh, Griffin has Murda in front of a classroom because I guess when you're uh, like evil witch Dumbledore, you're also just a teacher because they don't have enough money to make teachers for Cloud Tower. <laughs> it's all self-taught. And uh, she's asked Murda a question and has called her in front of the class to answer it. Mm-hmm. And Murda says that uh, sh- thankfully she restates the question. Witches should not cast spells of transformation on the full moon because moonlight can create interference that would lead to unwanted or permanent changes, which is a pretty clever bit of foreshadowing. And then Griffin says, nice job, but you were hesitating. Mm. See, in the four kids one, we got one of my favorite bits, which Uh. is describe your favorite spell. Mine involves three different types of roadkill. (laughs) I know! So, here's my secret bonus listener question. Describe your favorite spell. <laughs> Mine involves three different types of chili. Ooh. <laughs> um, mine involves a metal pot, a wooden spoon, a rubber band, and a sheet. You could make a drum, but that's not what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a Scooby-Doo villain. Exactly. Bang your pot! <laughs> And also in the four kids dub, uh, Murda's favorite spell is a spell to... Now, here's the thing. The way she was starting it, I thought she was doing, like, this is a spell to seal your friendship forever. No, this is a spell to find a best friend. To make a best friend. (laughs) And I'm choosing to read that as... She's creating one out of nothing. She's making a golem to be her best friend. That's incredibly sad. And that never ends with some sort of murderous, like, <laughs> horrible specter that will just kill anyone else that gets close to you. Exactly. Clearly no. <laughs> uh, see, I also like the other interpretation, though, that it finds your best friend for you. Because I like to imagine Baby Murda did this spell, and then Lucy was like, in the woods and she rounds the tree and she goes what the hell are you making all that noise for and then a friendship (laughs) was born it worked in the Cineloom version all of the other classmates decide to just make fun of Lucy because she is so hideously ugly they also razz her for being the uh, decrowned Miss Magics continuity and in this four kids dub, they're just literally cackling uh, that uh, Murda's a loser because she's nice. <laughs> what a nerd. She wants friends. And uh, once we get done with this scene, we go to Althea. Finally, we're home. <laughs> this is safe. This is familiar. <laughs> we get uh-uh. a scene that is entirely unexplained. 
It just kind of class times. My first note here is uh, the mood of alphabetical order. <laughs> My favorite part of that is that there are named characters at Alfia who have names that start with A. During the sweeping shot into a classroom in Alfia, we just hear a primal scream, and then Judith gets an A for the assignment. <laughs> the assignment... See, it's actually explained in Four Kids that this is, like, a test. But mm-hmm. in Cinelum, they're just doing this for fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Bloom is transformed, and there's an obstacle course uh, where you have to Sly Cooper dodge a series of spotlights and get a rose at a magic bubble. We couldn't afford lasers this year, so we got the theater department to help out. It's just spotlights. Yeah, just... At least in Cineloom. Yeah, four kids says they're lasers, but... Um... So, this scene is like... A... This is a padding for time scene. Because the only thing that really happens is we get Bloom doing some uh, aerobic gymnastics, and then we cut. Oh, we maybe <laughs> get to see her cast a spell, depending on which version you're watching. Yeah, um, before she can, like, uh, before she completes the Shrine of the Silver Monkey and gets out of the Hidden Temple, <laughs> uh, Farragonda makes an ice block to drop on her, but Bloom is used to dealing with murderous ice users, so in- Oh, that was ice? I thought it was just a bunch of water. <laughs> it looked like <laughs> and in- ice, maybe it was just a blob of blue raspberry jello. I don't know. <laughs> In Cineloom, she deals with it fine. In Four Kids, she has war flashbacks and freezes in place. In Four Kids, she gets slimed. Oh, no! Bloom got double-dared. That's this assignment. It's every Nickelodeon game show at once. So after Olmec congratulates Bloom for trying, uh, we go to Magics. And Bloom and Brandon are on a date. So, I don't know... How no one told me that this dweeb right here is Yugi Moto. <laughs> it's the exact same voice. Dan Green has done a lot of characters, not a lot of vocal depth. This I'm just saying this now because it did lead me down a hole of checking out other voice actors on this show based on things that I heard in their voice. It's a lot of Pokemon people. Yeah, that's not where I recognized any of them from. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Alright, wh- what did you recognize people from? Now I'm curious. Well, next one was uh, Sky, the boy in the vest. And I was like, is this, ve- boy is this vest. vest boy Sonic the Hedgehog? He was not. Sonic the Hedgehog's voice actor doesn't come in until next season, apparently. Oh my Ooh. god. Uh, no, that's Tristan Yu-Gi-Oh, also. Ah! <laughs> oh, I hope all the specialists were on Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I did not check Timothy. Um, but uh, We think his legal name is just Timmy. Uh, but also important is that Murda is Tails. Oh my god. Yes! Work, queen. Uh, <laughs> we stan... And then, um, 
voice of Musa Icy and a person named Mitzi is the voice yeah. of Amy Rose from Sonic S X until like 2010. We stay in two of those three people. <laughs> uh, yeah, the third one is not great. So this was close to being. Sorry, oh, I, sorry. Also, Dan Green is Knuckles the Echidna. So this was almost entirely Sonic characters. <laughs> I mean, four kids. I'd like to also say that I, I went to Riven's page on the wiki to find his four kids voice actor. And I got slapped in the face with season eight Riven. Ooh. Well, let me check. Yeah, Cassidy, in season in season eight, the show did an art style. Oh, yeah, change, no, I saw that on the wiki. Drastic. I was looking around trying to find things. And that came up. That's a Pokemon. Which is yeah, that's I, uh, a very good name, actually. Timmy's not in anything good. <laughs> but he's Rep- Raptor Yu-Gi-Oh! That counts for something. Yeah, that's like it's that, and then uh, did the voice of Raphael in Turtles Forever, which is one of the best crossover things of all time. I'm sorry, he's descended from the House of Romanov. That's pretty impressive. Let's see, Riven, Riven, Riven. Um, Pipimi from Pop Team Epic. <laughs> Oh Sometimes. Um, Funshine Bear. A character named Weenus. I like his credit here for the Batman as just the man screaming, it's Joker. It's Joker. I mean, that's my goal in life. Ugh. Okay, we should keep going. <laughs> Couldn't have been a Sonic the Hedgehog, could you? It's a shame. So, Br- Bloom and Brandon's date. Uh, Bloom is feeling insecure about her identity. So she is sadly poking at some gelato. Did I make the joke later? or Why did I make the joke later? I should have made it here. Make the joke here. Ah, there it is. Uh, Bloom is confused about her identity, and never be afraid to experiment with your identity, Bloom. You'll find what fits you best. <laughs> and then I lost my place because I had to find that joke. There we are. <laughs> uh, really, so, um, sh- but Bloom remembers a few episodes ago where they were in Cloud Tower and they found the archives, which were not at all fishy even then. <laughs> and uh, there was that very conveniently placed book that's all about her life. and With her name on it? Yeah. And she's going to try and sneak back into Cloud Tower, even though that went perfect the first time. And, you know, my, I understand why, because this is a show and we need to have a plot. But you think... That you could just, like, ask Miss Farragonda to ask Miss Griffin about the very special book that has your name on it. If this is, in fact, a legit thing and not just a booby trap that popped up the first time you were there. And Brandon says he's going to volunteer Timmy to help him help Blue. Can I mention that um, Cinelune Brandon is much more of a dick than Four Kids Brandon? Yeah, the Cinelune dubs script can be a little weird 
It's like they don't quite know the tone they want to get for a lot of character interactions. He's like a big old jerk, and he doesn't even have the benefit of being Yuki Moto. <laughs> <laughs> also, Bloom gets friendzoned in Cineloom. Oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? Hey, don't worry, Bloom. What are friends for? This is just the end of the episode. Next 15 minutes is just black. And the words, the coven of darkness repeated over and over. (laughs) (laughs) The shadow remains cast! Well, Icy does look like an alternate color bayonetta. (laughs) So we go to Red Fountain, because this is another episode with a lot of abrupt cuts between scene changes. I feel like the pacing of this show is something we're going to complain about until, like, season two, where they'll probably have it under control. Mm, that's, that's hoping. <laughs> but, Cassidy, since you're the, since this is your first, like, episode of Wings Club, did you think that all of these cuts were, like, really kind of abrupt? I felt that way for the four kids version, for sure, because it was very clearly <laughs> chopped and screwed for seemingly no apparent reason. Oh, I can tell you what they edit out, why they edit for time. Yeah, but like, some of the stuff they cut out is strange. See, they do that because at the end of every episode of the 4Kids dub, they played a music video. Mm-hmm. That had one it's of just... their original songs they wrote for the show. Some changes, though, like cutting out Bloom casting a spell... And then having it be a plot point that she didn't do a spell because she can't control it is an interesting change for mostly no reason. There are more places you could cut time. There are. If only I knew where my powers came from. Bloom, you you know where they come from. Actually, I don't think she... The dragon. I don't think she does know that at this point. The tricks know it, and the audience knows it, but I don't think Bloom does. God bless Bloom. I believe this is what Shakespeare refers to as dramatic irony. I feel like I've made that joke before very recently. I would love to see the tricks as a Greek chorus. I think that happens in season six. We're in Red Fountain now, and this is an entirely new set, by the way. This is somebody's room. I don't know if it's like Brandon and Skies or Brandon and Timmy's or if they all three share a room like the tricks do. But the important thing is that uh, they have the blueprints of Cloud Tower. So I guess they just kind of popped down to Town Hall and asked for them. I think Sky might have his own room being a prince and all. Like Stella has her own bedroom. Yeah, I'd believe that. And he's just hanging out. And uh, instead of the incredibly convenient tunnels that we've established exist between the three schools, (laughs) they're going to do a thing where he's going to ride his hover bike all the way to the top of the tower to drop Bloom off. I love the 3D model. I love it so much. It's so good. I would die for this 3D model. Ah, yes. The 3D animation in the show is very choice. Just the 3D model of Bloom and Brandon on this flying motorcycle. I would die for it. Oh, you know what I would love? What? 
those those 3D movies in the art style of the 3D models on the hover bike. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but the important thing, and I guess why we're here in the first place, is because Riven is eavesdropping, and not very well. Riven is eavesdropping by standing behind a door slightly out of view of the people in the room. I feel like if Timmy, like, moved a little to the left, he would see Riven. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Riven, what are you doing out there? S- buzz off, geek! And then he <laughs> runs to tell his girlfriend. <laughs> Puppy dog to stiletto. I hate that so much. Stiletto? Fine. Puppy dog? Gross. I don't need to know this about you, Riven. Uh, I have... Uh, I have it here that Riven uses his psychic link with Darcy to tattle. (laughs) And then we have a scene where in the middle of the night, Brandon shows up at Bloom and Flora's balcony. And somehow Bloom wakes up, but Flora doesn't. And uh, she goes to like change so they can do this uh, genius plan. And we immediately cut from that back to Cloud Tower for some friendship drama with Murda and Lucy. You're tearing me apart, Lucy. <laughs> oh, hey, Lucy said Murda's name right. Yep, no Mista this time. Also, I love Lucy's voice, and I forget which dub it's in, but she's doing this, I, I, I guess it have to be four kids, where she's doing like this vaguely New York tough girl thing. Italy doesn't know what New York is. But it sounds like she's talking like this. I was honestly very upset that Lucy was not on the Behind the Voice Actors page. (laughs) Who who did voice Lucy? Why are you whispering? It's a stage whisper, so the audience can hear, but it's still whispering. (laughs) It's something special (laughs) we're going to need for later. (laughs) That's the Mickey Mouse meme, right? Yes. Oh, it's Rachel Lillis. It's Jesse Pokemon. Also worthy, uh, worth noting, she's Utena in Revolutionary Girl Utena. <laughs> she's Misty as well as Jesse. She was, she was somebody named Danny in Sonic X. Hmm. Welcome to Behind the Voice Cast. She's still working, by the way. Oh God, she was in Cubics. Robots for everyone. That's a Korean show. I think about Cubics a lot. I have never seen anything about Cubics. You don't need to. You're not missing anything. I couldn't even remember what the name was until someone joked about it like a month ago. I have a um, a preview tape for Cubics, and it is delightful. Maddie Bron- Blonstein? Blonstein? Pla- Blaustein. Maddie Meowth Pokemon. Yes, mm-hmm. that's her. Blaustein. Is the evil bad guy. Interesting. She was great. I miss her. Uh, so, uh, as as Cassidy said, you're tearing me apart, Lucy. Uh, Murda is trying to talk to Lucy because Lucy's been hanging out with a bad crowd. And by a bad crowd, we mean the tricks. And by Mm -hmm. hanging out with, we mean is pretty much enslaved by. (laughs) And uh, Myrna 
kind of points that out, but Lucy says that she's hanging around with the popular people, and Murda's a loser. Because for all the hijinks, this is still a high school drama nominally. <laughs> and then in Cineloom, there was a wonderful dramatic camera turn around Murda, which I thought was going to get repeated twice. Which didn't, where the camera just zooms around and she gets a spotlight on her. And in Four Kids, they cut that out. It's a shame, too, because that's the perfect kind of melodrama shot that they would want to keep. Also, I guess Murda and Lucy have known each other a long time because Murda says that Lucy is acting differently now, but she's been like this the whole show. And uh, I did feel sorry because Murda looks like she's like about to break down. And then she remembers, oh, right, I've got magic powers. I can do something about this. Yeah, so this is actually something I think got done a little bit better in Four Kids than Cinnaloon. Uh And that's Murda's whole motivation for casting the spell. In Four Kids, she says, like, I'm going to find proof that they're just using her. In Cinnaloon, it's vague... She's like, I'm gonna cast a spell and think about the tricks, and that's pretty much the thing. Uh, yeah. And non-specific hexing. That being said, Murda does decide to be, for the dramatics, on Cloud Tower's helipad. That That's enough to prove that she belongs here. She's <laughs> She's doing it for the drama. <laughs> So she starts chanting some very bad fake Latin in the Four Kids dub, which I love. Someone's reading Lorma Ipsum backwards. (laughs) And if you read this backwards, you'll hear, it's fun to smoke marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be the greatest duelist in the world if I smoked marijuana. (laughs) You'd probably be better at it. But the thing is, like, she's, it's, like, really dramatically shot. Like, she's doing some serious witchcraft. And then she makes, like, a sparkle portal to spy on the tricks. Like, this is the kind of setup that you do where it, like, ends with you sacrificing a goat and then your enemy drops dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'd well, if she had a goat around, that may have what may have been what happened. True. You didn't see a goat up there, did you? Why did you say that like it's from something? I want to know what what's it's from. <laughs> did something just get called up from the depths of your lizard brain? Possibly. Wouldn't you think that the tricks would, you know, feel that Murda's watching them? No, it's an illusion. Darcy feel that this is being watched. Yeah, because it seems like Darcy and Murda have very similar powers. But no, uh, Murda gets a convenient uh, scrying moment where she sees Icy state the plot of the episode. (laughs) She finds the tricks having a script consultation. I will say, as someone who's only ever watched this episode of Winx... It was helpful. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, I also like that Murda does not know who Bloom is. 
So she's like, I gotta find this Bloom girl. I mean, why would she? Point. And it's all framed like this is somehow going to be her great revenge on the tricks for corrupting Lucy. Is uh, telling the target of their scheme about their scheme. Which ends up being helpful. So Bloom and Brandon are racing through the forest on the hoverbike. And it's it's the fabulous CG we discussed earlier. Bloom and Brandon's CG stunt doubles are racing through the forest <laughs> on the hoverbike. And uh, when they get close to Cloud Tower, it starts sparking. And I think it's explained that this is the um like the automated defense system is just shoot things with lightning that don't belong there. I mean it works. it's an invisible fence. Simple yet effective. Uh, Brandon tries to do some fancy flying, but uh, then they get, like, direct hit by the bolt of magic lightning, and they fall onto the tower. Also, I think Brandon's hoverbike went over the edge, so they're stuck. This is giving me anxiety. (laughs) And, of course, we get a, a shot where Bloom is, like, looking over the edge, and it does the vertigo fisheye lens. It goes swamp womp. I'm sorry, what? No, nothing. I was making a, d- a very dumb joke that'll be funny during editing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't... We don't see how they get in the school, which I think is really funny. They're just in there. And um, Brandon has the dragon radar from Dragon Ball. It's really funny that Timmy was able to basically just Google Maps out the interior of Cloud Tower. <laughs> And it's better than four kids saying that he has basically set it up so it's keeping track of every witch in Cloud Tower. That seems a lot harder, to be honest. It's more impressive, but it's also a bit, um, suspect. Needlessly complicated? Easily used for nefarious purposes. Straight up evil? But uh, the the important thing is it takes all of five seconds for them to get to the archives room. And this is a different set piece from last time. And Bloom even says that it looks different. So I don't think this is the archives. I think this is just another room with a bunch of books in it. Mm. Or perhaps it's like one of those uh, staircases where all the stairs move all the time. Oh, uh, you mean a books. Hogwarts pitfall? Yeah. The Hogwarts School of for Witchcraft and uh, Severe Injury. <laughs> but with books. The Hogwarts School of OSHA Noncompliance. <laughs> They're students. They don't need OSHA. What kind of card catalog system do you think you would have to use in a library that constantly shifts around? Um, you just tag every book with like a mark and recall spell. And then, like, you hit it with the same spell before it goes back on the shelves. I mean, in Winx Club, they just have a podium where you just say what you want. Make sure you use those Boolean terms wisely, kids. Or if uh, that's in Alfia in Cloud Tower, the book you want is suspiciously laying out in the open and glowing. <laughs> you gotta make sure you use the proper AO3 tags on all of your books. <laughs> The book is highlighted because it's an interactable object. I want mature female female. Go. 
No cross. <laughs> See, you forgot to exclude crossovers, and now you've just got somebody's like October fill. Why would I exclude that? Because it's like twenty-seven different fandoms, five of which you know nothing about, and one you've maybe heard of on Twitter. Uh, they find a book that is glowing because, as I mentioned, it is an interactable object. And Brandon says it is a legendary lost book that can answer any question, which I think is some boss. Oh, that must have been something that I was not paying attention to in the Cinnaloon dub, because in the four kids, he's just like, oh, that's that's your book, right? The book about you. Yeah, because apparently um, Cloud Tower has a book about every single fairy, because I guess this uh, universe is run by predestination rules. And, like, every single fairy and witch has their entire life story plotted out in a book there. <laughs> Chapter 17. Bloom ate some Cheetos, watched TV, drank a Mountain Dew, and went to bed. I'm just reminded, I'm sure that they're all gonna have, like, different sizes or whatever. That f- gag from Airplane, where it's just, can I have some light reading? Oh, yes, here's a leaflet on famous Jewish sports players. Ugh. That that movie. That movie is good, but it could not be made today. Mostly because airports just don't work the same anymore. So, um, Bloom asks the book who she really is. Which is a vague question. And nothing is fishy at all about this, by the way. This is all on the up and up. Yeah, and the book replies, You are Shadow the Hedgehog. Congratulations, you're a hellspawn baby. And Bloom says, oh, (laughs) (laughs) The only way to find the truth of who I am is to find those lost chaos emeralds. Oh, and doesn't Shadow the Hedgehog have a gun? Yes. So Shadow doesn't have a gun. He gets guns. The book hands Bloom a gun and says, go solve your problems with this. Oh, let me look up the script to Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, there's a script? Oh, yeah. Shadow the Hedgehog rules. I love how it's in my autocomplete Shadow the Hedgehog game script. (laughs) The internet knows what you like. It knows what you need. I've look, I may have planned to do a Shadow the Hedgehog podcast at some point. (laughs) <laughs> strictly about the video game Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> and every single level playing as every single archetype to get every single ending to play the entire game 127 times. Oh my god, really? There's like over is I think there's like over uh, it's like a lar- incredibly large number of possible paths because of the way it splits. You can play each, like, mission as good, evil, or neutral. Mm-hmm. And each decision depend- makes how the outcome of the game different. Oh, God. See, I, I'm just thinking of a game I've never played, but I watched somebody play once. Uh, Near Automata, how there's, like, 26 endings for that. <sighs> and one of the endings is Tubi just removes her OS chip and shuts down because you're not supposed to do that. I need to play that game. Bloom, as you can see, the day of reckoning will soon be here. Find the seven chaos emeralds and bring them to us. The coven of darkness, as promised. Yeah, yep, Bloom's a hell spawn, or so the book says. 
And uh, the book also shows, like, a, a frozen wasteland. And, like, the the three ancestral witches have uh, incredibly simple designs. They're just in matching black dresses with weird hair. And, of course, the classic witch nose. Well, yeah, you have to have that. That's a, that's a rule. And uh, Bloom walks away in what is supposed to be, like, stunned silence. But in Sinaloom, it's more dull silence that maybe we're supposed to assume is fear. <laughs> and we get some, like, very mediocre acting because uh, Brandon is afraid of Bloom maybe being evil. But he just, like, in backs away? Sinaloom. In in four kids, he's like, no, that's not true. But then backs away anyways because that's what the animation does. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bloom, you're fine. I swear, don't hurt me, please. Uh, and uh, she just asks to be taken back to Alfia. Mm, in Cinelan, yeah. In four kids, she wants to be alone. In four kids, she says she's just gonna walk back. Which I think is hysterical, because that means she's probably gonna go out the front door. <laughs> it also makes the next scene we see her in a little make a little bit more sense, if you ask me. That's true. Um, and because uh, somebody said the word Alfia, that's where we are. And Stella's <laughs> getting ready for the day. Speak it into existence, and there it shall be. And uh, Stella is putting, like, a bow on her headband when Flora bangs on the door. And Flora says Bloom never came back last night. So I guess maybe she told Flora where she was going. But it also seemed like she wanted to keep this Cloud Tower thing on the down low. It's it's one of those things where you see your roommate sneak out to go be with their SO and you're just like, I'm not going to call the RA. Uh, I don't want to be a narc. They know for plot reasons. Flora, Flora's no snitch. Flora says she can't find Bloom and apparently Tecna and Musa were looking around the school. Uh, they can't find her. They ask Brandon. Brandon says he dropped her off at Alfia, but after that he has no clue dropped her off at Althea, or just left her in the fuss woods. Uh, and you know, you'd think there'd be some kind of find my friend spell. Techna, just use you, just use the uh, find my iPhone spell on Bloom. <laughs> Techna, we know you implanted a tracking chip in Bloom. See, this is just making me think about the current arc in Riverdale. <laughs> so I let's just move on. <laughs> I, <laughs> I watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because I'm a goth now, apparently. But the important thing is, we go to Bloom, who has decided that if she is a witch, she is a forest witch. Because she is, she just pops up out of a pile of leaves. And Kiko decides to fight a plant. Kiko also, is here! Kiko is here! <laughs> where did she... Where did he come from? Why do we have to have this horrid mascot here? This is my first time actually seeing Kiko with my eyes. Um, <laughs> Kiko's it? a Neopet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. 
I am so glad Bloom didn't find any of those rare paintbrushes, otherwise he'd be leopard print. That would be a more interesting character design. Everything must be <laughs> leopard print. Alaska 5000 said so. Why couldn't Kiko be a fun color? Why is only the duck a fun color? Well, I mean, oh, Pepe. Kiko is blue. Kiko's gray. I think sometimes he's gray and sometimes he's blue. I think the colorists can't decide. Because there are points where he's very pastel blue. But yes, the duck is a fun color, and I love Pepe, and I'm so sad that he's going to disappear forever at the end of this season. Yeah, okay, I'm seeing there are some blue. I guess Kiko's here because Bloom needs a prop to talk at. And she is walking to magic, uh, to magics in those, like, wedge sandals. So she doesn't put the entire dimension in danger. Because the book told her not only is she a witch, but the minute she becomes a true fairy, uh, the ancestral coven is going to possess her, which is bad. Yes, which is bad. <laughs> which is bad. With a T, a hard T in there. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like you know that what, guys? show. <laughs> which is bad. <laughs> uh, <sighs> but the good news is, Murda is wandering the woods, and she mentions that her emo images told her Blue would be around here. <laughs> and when she said the phrase emo images, I almost did a spit take. I just assumed I misheard and continued. Oh no, she said emo images. Because, you know, she's got the emotion powers. But on the other hand... She's also wearing a 2004 outfit bought exclusively from Hot Topic. So maybe she means the other kind of emo, too. Why didn't she say emojis? Emoji were invented in 2004 by the Winx Club. <sighs> emojis heap? I don't know. What you say? Uh, luckily, uh, Murda finds Bloom just around the river bend. Or around a tree. Murda does a very poor job at uh, sneaking because she wraps her hand the entire way around the tree and Bloom sees that. Could you imagine being alone in the woods after finding out you're a devil spawn and you just see like a manicured hand in a Hot Topic wristband come from around the tree? <laughs> Who are you and what do you want with my belt pants? So after this, I think, is the scene where the tricks are traipsing through the woods. Yep. Because it's one of my favorite instances of four kids and other, you know, dub companies of that era. Just sort of inserting jokes wherever they can. Oh, yeah. What is silence for? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to complain because some of my favorite jokes ever come from that kind of stuff. Stupid tree. Yeah. Stupid tree. Yeah. Uh, Stormy's just blasting trees for no reason? Stupid tree. Just shooting lightning at them. And Darcy has the good sense to say if you keep doing that, you will set this whole forest on fire. And, uh, after having that pointed out, she electrocutes Pepe instead. Oh yeah, Pepe's here! Yeah, Pepe's here. He's- he's looking a lot cuter than he usually does. Also, the duck's name is Pepe. Yes, this I know. It's brought up exactly one time before. And, uh, yeah, so we, we see that the, that Stormy is just casually shooting lightning at things because she's bored 
and they're going to hunt down Bloom so they can steal her powers. As you do. And then we snap back to Althea because the pacing is off. And the Winks decide... Uh, the Winks realize they have magic powers. And they can use those to find <laughs> Bloom. Oh, wait, we have holograms. I do want to say when Musa did her thing, I thought she was just going to do a straight up bat scream. I did too, and I was so sad she didn't. <laughs> okay, this whole sequence is weird as shit. But I want to bring up real quick that after they transform, they all end in their poses and then go to do their thing. I know, they're posed for no reason. <laughs> I love that, though. <laughs> Muse is just on the ground, like, in a hip-hop stance. It's like, okay, time to work. And Flora casts Commune with Nature. Uh, the grass outside Althea says she went that away. <laughs> uh, Muse uses echolocation to ping the forest. And like Cassidy said, it's very disappointing that she just didn't go, ah! <laughs> no, that was taken up earlier by Judith. And then she passes the information along to Tecna so it can be analyzed. And Stella says that she's just here to stand around and look pretty before she turns into a flashlight. So, this is weird in the four kids one, the way they sped it up, because it makes it sound like each of the Winx members is making the other person's effort pointless. (laughs) So, Because it starts with Flora saying, like, ah yeah, the the plants say it to go this way, and then Muse and Tecna are like, no, here's the exact coordinates we can go to instead. (laughs) <laughs> and then Stella's like, oh, actually, I could just lead you there with my gi- giant shining guiding light. <laughs> uh, that soap opera's been on for years, Stella. I mean, Bloom was watching The Sopranos last episode. Why wouldn't Stella watch Guiding Light? <laughs> she thought it was a different kind of show. <laughs> and then we go back to Murda and Bloom. Oh, real quick. Uh-huh. When Stella jumps up into the air to become Unto the uh-huh. Sun... Tecna doesn't have sleeves again. <laughs> that happens a lot. It, it happens with the blue parts of her outfit a lot. One of these days we're going to cut out and her boots are going to be skin colored. At least it's not the hat. <laughs> oh! <laughs> a real Dan Aykroyd situation over here. Oh no! <laughs> so Murda explains that uh, the tricks are evil and uh, that they've played a cruel joke on Bloom? Is it a joke if they upend her entire worldview? Yes. If you're (laughs) evil enough, yes. (laughs) I mean, existential humor is some of the funniest. Especially when you're not the one having the crisis. Woohoo! Who am uh, I then? Well, you're not a hellspawn baby, that's for sure. I don't know, but I feel like it's going to be the significant plot arc for this season. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that's when the tricks show up and Icy says that well one she just flat out says hi Bloom we're here to steal your powers uh, and two she cracks that Bloom and Murda make a cute couple and sure I'll ship it yeah Murda has more of a personality than Brandon does you two make a cute couple couple of losers Thank nice you, Icy. burn uh, 2004. At some point in the 4Kids dub, they call Murda a Wicca wannabe. 
Yep, and they called her that in another episode, too, so that keeps coming back. Also, quick question. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I forget if we brought this up earlier, like, in our podcast. Do the witches have a witch form like the fairies, or are the tricks just extra? So the answer to that is the tricks are just extra. We don't <laughs> see any other witch in an outfit like theirs. They just wear, like, pop punk clothes. And then in, like, like as the seasons progress, it turns into gothic Lolita. But yeah, the the, the tricks just wear matching jumpsuits because they can. <laughs> yeah, that's... And I guess that's why Murda is instead wearing her Smashing Pumpkins band t-shirt. <laughs> Murda calls the tricks mean. Honey, that's an understatement. And Icy replies with, no, we're not mean, we're diabolical. Yes, Icy signed her name in the Book of the Beast. <laughs> also, it's never stated outright, but I'd like to point out that Murda is officially the Witch of Illusions. Illusion delusion. God. Ugh. Yeah, four kids. Four kids gives every spell a name. Here, no, here's the thing. It goes back to what Cass was saying about four kids doesn't like silence. Four kids nope. also doesn't like letting children think for themselves. So Icy starts charging up and then the rest of the winks are here. Uh, and Stella throws down, like, throws down the gauntlet and Stormy goes to do a tornado before uh, Darcy tells her not to waste her MP and dispels Murda's illusion. That's right. It's Murda's illusion. You would know that if you watched the four kids episode where they just say her saying something. And uh, then Icy does her signature ice cage move. And uh, then the Winks show up for real. Here's the thing. Uh huh. While I was watching the episode, that got me. Like, I was like, oh, cool. The Winks are here. We're going to have an awesome fight. What? Oh, they're illusions. That's cool. I thought the same thing, actually. It's very funny that she doesn't know who Bloom is, but she can create a perfect illusion of all of the rest of the Winks. <laughs> well, if her powers are tied to emotion, like she says they are, maybe she's just like, okay, who would Bloom want to see save her right now? Or who would the tricks least like to see right now? And just kind of pull that up, you know? Psychic emotion illusions. Uh, so Stella shows up for real. She melts Bloom and Murda free. And uh, so Stormy goes to throw down with the Winks and they do this thing. Or, like, they awkwardly circle. Like, Stormy's in front of them. And all four of them, as a unit, fly one way, but Stormy <laughs> flies the opposite way. It's like a weird Lazy Susan. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who thought that was a little bit weird. Okay. I mean, now that you mention it? So, uh, because these are the real wings and not a uh, illusion, Stormy decides she's going to do two tornadoes this time and nothing can stop the power of two tornadoes it took down Absolutely. the egg carrier i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you like sonic the hedgehog 
I I do. I've learned something about myself over the past year, and it's that I have a deep and abiding love for Sonic the Hedgehog. <sighs> Someone has to. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> okay, and uh, Bloom transforms while reaching out and yelling, no, in the most ineffectual voice. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> How dare you? And uh, as soon as she transforms, she's just bodied by Darcy. And uh, so Murda's sitting there watching this all go down. And uh, she Illusion delusion. She does an illusion delusion and conjures up this absolutely gnarly looking monster thing. It looks like something from Ben 10. Yes, it does. That's the vibe. I don't remember what it looks like, but I'm going to guess it looks like a humongosaurus, but with like a predator mouth. That's like my vague memory of what this monster looks like. It looks like Wild Mutt, but with six eyes. Yes, Wild Mutt green with six eyes. Mm. Well, you know, it all it all started when an alien device did what it did. Uh, so the 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 wild butt monster just kind of roars at them and that breaks Stormy's concentration so the tornadoes go away. And Icy gets so mad that first of all, <laughs> she she gets a very interesting facial expression because these character designs don't lend themselves well to acts of extreme emotion. She's mad. And uh, she's trying to figure out what she's going to do to Murda. She sees the pumpkin and then she casts Baleful Polymorph. Murda fails the fortitude save and it gets turned into a pumpkin. Her thing that she says in the Cinelune is basically it's like she calls her a pumpkin because she sees the pumpkin on the t-shirt and then goes like extra in on it. But the four kids one, I think it's just just hits different. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've had enough of you and your annoying voice and awful illusions and your little t-shirt <laughs> you like pumpkins i see how'd you like to be one i'll get you and your little t-shirts too so the power rangers like pumpkins don't they oh no <laughs> not the, pumpkin the teens rapper. these days seem really into pumpkins <laughs> Humans are really into autumn gourds these days, Queen Beryl. <laughs> Jedi's pumpkin patch. So, I heard that pumpkin spice is all the rage these days. <laughs> I don't know what's funnier, Jed's pumpkin patch or the Dark Kingdom starting an evil Starbucks. <laughs> kind of like uncle jed's pumpkin patch i do too because like you see the like the follow through away of how they get energy from serving people coffee but the pumpkin is just like it's just a pumpkin you know yeah it's like the pet shop episode they give you a pumpkin to take home and carve and when you do it drains your energy it's halloween three and then um, the monster of the week is like a jack-o'-lantern, but it has sexy lady legs. Okay. Okay, question. Uh-huh. Is it like 
the headless horseman with the sexy legs, or is the body, it is like a Mike Wazowski situation that where one. the jack-o'-lantern is the okay. It's very it's specifically one. Jack from that Scooby-Doo movie voiced by Jay Leno, but with sexy lady legs. Uh, I'll, so after murder gets turned into a pumpkin, I guess the tricks are just going to smash it. They're going to wreck or something. It. But uh, Bloom is so righteously mad. She unleashes the power of the dragon flame and just throws a dragon at them. And the four kids, which she also just explodes, explodes into a firework. Yeah, she just explodes. Bloom goes kaboom. That's she how goes it kaboom. goes. In four kids, she just explodes, and that's a wrap on the winks, or not the winks, the tricks, the other ones, the evil ones. They just kind of disappear. Yeah, they just go away. And then Bloom, oh, real quick, before Bloom makes them disappear, explode, um, Just says, go Pepe away. and Pepe and Kiko are fighting like clones from the first Pokemon movie. <laughs> They're just slap fighting each brother, other. My brother, my brother. <laughs> I hope that song is in the remake. So everybody's detransformed for no reason afterwards. And, like, they're on the ground in pain, and Bloom is just nowhere. They got hit too hard. It's a Power Ranger situation. But there's no hill involved. Don't you have to get thrown down a hill to demorph? Sometimes you can just get punched real good. Uh, And sometimes uh, somebody shattered Zordon's tube, and instead of making a wave that kills all evil, you just lose your powers. I have that movie right next to me on VHS. I know. It's always within arm's reach. Also, it's sitting on top of Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and underneath The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, and Tarzan. That's a good movie night. <laughs> it's no Lion King one and a half. I have never actually seen that one. You're not missing much. Ha! <laughs> so the Winks think Bloom disappeared again, but uh, she's in some bushes because the she got hit by the recoil don't mind me just in a bush she's living that forest of wish life even more so now you know flora became a swamp hag bloom is a forest hag first the leaves now this who's the desert hag that that's just the skeleton i'm sorry <laughs> i do like the idea of just like a human skeleton, like anatomical human skeleton hanging from a hook with the label that just says Desert Hag. <laughs> it's in the Belmont Monster uh, Monster Remain collection. Anyways, Murda's a pumpkin still. Yeah. Uh, Flora says that Icy Spell is too strong for any of them to break in Sinaloom. And in the four kids dub, she says it's witch on witch violence and that's really difficult to deal with. And Musa in Four Kids says, I guess we need to take her back to our crib. And then Stella quips in with, or find a place to plant her. I like to think the alternate ending to this arc is they do plant the murder pumpkin and it just gets big. Like it turns into, <laughs> like it just grows into a county fair pumpkin and then one day it breaks open and Murda's in there. And suddenly she knows how to be a samurai because she's Momotaro now. <laughs> I was going to say she has complete control over pumpkins. She is just the pumpkin witch now. That's a very limited moveset. She's pumpkin ivy. 
Murda, Witch of the Grown Gourd. So that actually reminds me, there was a lot of uh, design, like fan design outfits for Murda back in the day that all relied really heavily on the pumpkin thing. Well, to be fair. (laughs) It's all she's got. So we're back at the girls' dorm room and Flora tucks Bloomy to bed. And uh, she reveals that she brought Murda the pumpkin with them. And promises Murda that until she can break the spell, that Flora's going to take good care of her. And that ends the episode. I think this is why Flora doesn't have a boyfriend this season. Because she's going to go out with Murda. Mm. As a pumpkin. (laughs) Have you ever dated a gourd? This is my gourd friend, Murda. If I can make everyone emit the vocal soundings of a dying trombone (laughs) with my bad puns, I've made my day. So now that we're at the end of the episode, it's time to discuss our best moment, our worst moment, and choose the MVP of the episode. Oh, boss! Not again! And since you're our guest, Cassidy, what is the best moment? Stupid tree. (laughs) Tessa, what is your best moment? Um... I like that you planned these ahead of time approximately once, and it was the one time I hadn't. (laughs) I I also just watched it today. Um. God, I really did do it just once. I also don't want my best moment to be a four kids. Sometimes four kids is good. But I think it's gonna have to be my favorite spell involves three different kinds of roadkill. <laughs> uh, my best moment is uh, Murda, like, deciding that she's going to do something about the tricks, even if it's going to go very bad for her. Uh, Cassidy, what is your worst moment of the episode? Musa not screeching like a horrible bat creature. <laughs> Tessa, what is your worst moment? Riven showing up again. Yeah, he's not great. My worst moment was uh, Bloom not realizing that everything going on in the archives is extremely fishy. (laughs) Like, she should just turn around and there's a tuna sandwich waiting for her. Cassidy, who is your MVP of the episode? Come here, new fish. No! (laughs) I'm gonna give it to Murda for the mighty power of the illusion delusion. (laughs) Yeah. Tessa, is Murda also your MVP? Yeah. She's mine too. Yay! A regular hat trick. All right. So that brings us to the end of our episode. Cassidy, please tell the fine people where you can be found online should you wish to be found. You can find me online on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. Uh... And if Tess wants to slow it down and play it back, you can, but you do not have to. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll slow it down, play it backwards. It'll be a whole thing. Uh, you can. It's all the tweet stuff there. Usually, it's links to all of the important stuff that I do. But if you want to find some of that more important stuff, you can find the podcast I do about Scooby Doo, 
Uh, it's called Kids and Their Dog. It's a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast that I do with my good friend Lava. We talk, we watch Scooby-Doo movies. We talk about them. Sometimes we watch other types of movies and talk about those, but that's usually behind a paywall. <laughs> Both Brendan and I have been guests on that podcast. Indeed, I've covered uh, Scooby-Doo and Where's My Mummy and Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster, one of which is highly superior to the other film. Uh, I will also say that that it's like you're coming up on our two year anniversary for that show. And we congratulations. Have, we have covered over half of all Scooby-Doo movies that are currently out. That's so really cool. Like there are two more that come out this year, plus the stage show. But, you know, we can't account for everything. By the time we hit our two year, we'll be over 50 percent regardless of anything else that comes this year anyways. Also, I do another podcast called Precure Podcast Engage, which I do with my lovely partner, Charlie, where we talk about the Pretty Cure franchise one episode at a time. We've got a long road ahead of us on that one. (laughs) We also talk about Ben 10. You're in for some highs and some lows and some very, very good girls. That's what I hear. Uh, also, also, later this year, I will be guest appearing on an episode, or a series of episodes for Apex City's Hindsight 2020 event. Apex City is a mask actual play uh, using the RPG masks uh, about teen superheroes. Oh, cool. Uh, the episodes that I will be in will be coming out, you know, like late summer. Uh, but go listen to one of the whole show and to all of hindsight because it's going to be a wild ride just from the parts that i was in uh can i ask you to give a like three word description of your character if you had to sum them up in three words oh let me see the description that came out officially for this part of march masksness which is a fun word to try to say (laughs) their name is dame or her name is dame atlas she's a knight that went to space She's not like an actual knight. She follows knight rules. It's the 70s. <laughs> it's complicated. There's time travel involved. Okay, so some Jane Fonda Barbarella action. Got it. Uh, yeah, let me find my character description that they gave me. All right, here are the six words that they would use to describe my character. Oh, perfect. Sword, shield, armor, space, romance, heart. I love Go her. planet! Uh, they don't have, she doesn't have any superpowers, but she's very good. Like, sometimes, if Batman teaches us anything, sometimes all you need is the right equipment. It's good. Go, also go follow the Apex City Twitter accounts, that way I can see, so they can get to 150 followers, so I can listen to their bonus episode about Tony and Rex Dakota having a holiday special. (laughs) And that's all of my plugs. (laughs) <laughs> All right. You can follow me, Brendan, on Twitter at Sonata Waves. S O N A T A W A V E S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter at Pocky Slice. That is Pocky like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in a slice of pie. Pumpkin pie, to be specific. You leave murder alone, you monster. You can find the show on Twitter at MagicWinksPod. You can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast at gmail.com. 
If you listen on a platform that accommodates us, please leave us a rating and a review so that we can get more listeners on our podcast. Woohoo! Your support means everything to us. Next episode, we'll be watching episode 15, Honor Above All, where we get into some more filler. Whoa! So until next time, I'm Brendan. I'm Tess. And I'm Cassidy. Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine, we can find space and time. And together we'll be surefire winners. Winks, with a smile, pen, and tap. You light up our world. We'll fight the moonlight sky together. The sad part is, I'm almost scared to be mean to you with Cassidy here. Uh, it's me i am the new am i the mom in this group oh no hold on i need to think about this <laughs> this is the first time i'm not baby so, how old are you i know you're not supposed to ask a lady her age but i am 24 gonna be 25 in june oh you're still We're both baby. older than you oh i'm still baby <laughs>